0: Hello everyone, I'm Richard Roberts and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you need special prayer, you can always call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or send your prayer request online at oralroberts.com. Imagine for a moment, a boy, 12 years old, orphaned on a street corner in New York City. From that place, reaching some 250,000 children around the world each week seems impossible. And yet it's not impossible for my longtime friend, Bill Wilson of Metro World Child in New York City. Bill, welcome to the podcast and God bless you today.
1: Thank you, sir. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Anytime you're doing something, (laughs) you want me to be a part, I'm there. Well, thank you, Bill. You and I have been friends for
0: a long, long time. time. I thank God for you and for what you're doing around the world. But it didn't start like that. It started on a street corner when you were 12 years old. Can you share the story? Yes, sir.
1: Yep. It was, and you and I have been in ministry long enough to know that when something bad happens, we have two choices. We can we can either play the victim and play the victim card. And you and I have seen that in church, in ministers, all of our lives. Or you can decide to take the pain, everything that's been thrown at you, and, and turn it around. And expect something miraculous to come out of it. When my mother, she's an alcoholic, left me on a street corner, she said, you wait here. She walked away. And she didn't come back. So I'm sitting on the street corner for three days. No food, no water. Hundreds of people drove by. Hundreds of people walked by. But only one person stops. Now, here's the hook. And this is what everybody's got to get. Because you know, in those three days, now this was 1960, okay? Mm -hmm. So anybody could have picked me up. A gang member? a drug dealer, a pedophile, anybody could have picked me up. But the only one that stopped was an ordinary Christian. Mm-hmm. Ordinary Christian. Operative word, ordinary. Not the pastor, not an evangelist, just regular regular guy. Just a Christian he's guy. Actually, he was on his way home from work. He was going to visit his son, who was dying of leukemia, in the hospital. So he's got every reason— to keep on walking, keep on going, just like everybody else. But he's the one that chooses to stop. So, gets out of his car, walks across the street to where I'd been sitting, puts his hand on my shoulder and just says, are you okay? Mm -hmm. That's it, are you okay? And I used to stutter really bad when I was little. And I tried to tell him my mother was gone and I was just hungry. And immediately, he goes, gets on the phone, he gets some food, brings me some food and water, he makes some phone calls, and five hours later, five hours. Now, between the time he meets me, sees me on the street, five hours later, he's loading me in a church van, sponsors me that day, to go to a Sunday school camp where I heard the story of Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never been to church, have no church background, no understanding of any of it. So I'm sitting in this camp, don't know much about what they're talking about, but the speaker says, he says, if you want Jesus, come to the front. Mm-hmm. Now that's pretty abstract for a little kid who has no point of reference yeah, for, a for any year old. of this. But I knew I needed something. So I get up, I was sitting in the back, I walk to the front, and the altar's packed. You know, kids are accepting Christ, and every one of them had a counselor. You know how we do. Everybody's praying and praying the prayer, leading it to the Lord. Every kid had a counselor except me. I'm the only one that nobody's praying with. I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed. But I heard the speaker on the microphone say, if you don't know how to pray, just talk to Jesus. Yeah, That's what you do. Yeah. And I remember what I said. And you understand this probably better than anybody. Is, I said, Jesus, my mother doesn't want me. And now the church people don't want me. I said, but if you want me, here I am. And that night, all by myself, I gave my life to Christ. And that put me, what how, how complicated do we want to make this? It put me on this trajectory of my life. Uh, and I've never looked back, man. What? I've never looked back. So my whole life has been spent doing for kids all over the world exactly what that man did for me all those years ago and out of that the world's biggest Sunday school and all the books and all the stuff that I'm involved in and it's all great. I thank God for it. But at the end of the day with all all the stuff that I've been involved in people need to understand who I really am. Yeah. I was just a little kid that nobody wanted. But one man, one Christian cared enough to stop, he put something into motion that day, and now here I am talking to you <laughs> on that podcast.
0: Uh, Bill, when when did it come into your heart that you wanted to help other children that had been through what you've been through, what you'd been through?
1: Well, you know, my mom never came back. Yeah. So, and that's the part I never get to talk about much, because when the camp's over, yeah, I've got nowhere to live, nowhere to go, nowhere to go. So. The man who sponsored me to the camp talked to the pastor of the church that he attended. They got their heads together. They cleaned out a maintenance closet, Mm -hmm. found a piece of foam rubber. That was my bed. And I lived in this maintenance closet Then for almost three years. I walked to school. School was pretty close. Mm -hmm. And came back. uh, A different family every night would, would bring me their leftovers. They all just kind of rotated and they, they, they'd knock on the door and I'd come out, sit there. That was my one meal a day. And I graduated from high school and I, I felt there was something stirring, but you know, how do you know? No. I didn't, I never heard an audible voice. I didn't, I was just a kid that You know, that was in the days, and I could throw some names at you that you would recognize, that came, did revivals in in the days when the churches used to have revivals and special meetings. And I was there because I lived there. Mm -hmm. So I would hear the old missionaries. I'd I'd see things that I think probably a lot of kids my age at that time wouldn't, wouldn't have an opportunity to see and hear. But, but I listened, mm-hmm. and I was b- very quiet, but graduated from high school, went to work for Ford Motor Company for, for a year. It was kind of my thing in those days was cars. And then one Sunday, right, Sunday morning, it was a regular Sunday, and one of the little old ladies in the church, her name was Dagny Johnson, <laughs> and she was the one who used to do my laundry for me. I didn't know how to do it. So, so she used to do it. And then she walked up to me on Sunday morning, pointed her finger at me. She said, Bill, you need to go to Bible school. Okay. (laughs) And and that was it. That was it. No, no bright lights, no music. Just need to go to Bible school. Quit my job at Ford. Went to Southeastern Bible College there in Lakeland. And my first summer out of Bible school, my home pastor, who'd been kind of watching me, he said, he said, Bill, the church board just voted to buy a Volkswagen van. But of course, none of them wanted to drive it. He said, can you drive a van to pick up kids for Sunday school on Sunday? It's one of those old VW vans, remember? The old hippie vans? I remember them very the well. 60s. and. And I said, yes, that's it. I said, yes, I'll do it. So on the weekends, I came back from Lakeland, went in, drove the van. So the first first weekend, right, everybody's excited. We're going to drive the van, pick up kids. So my home pastor, he said, the first weekend, you bring in 20 kids. He said, I'll give you $20 as a reward. I thought, wow! I mean, back in Bible school, you know, twenty dollars—that was—that was a lot of money I in mean, the sixties. It's too big, big good for me, and and I—it took me two weeks. So I was so excited. I got twenty kids crammed in this Volkswagen van, right? Their faces are crammed against the glass. <laughs> I was pumped. So we did Sunday school. I took them home, and I remember. After dropping the kids off, I pulled the van back into the parking lot. There was one car left in the church parking lot. It was my home pastor's car. He was waiting for me. I I remember the car. I remember the color of his car. I parked the van, walked over to his car. He said, Bill, you did a great job today. He said, I'm proud of you. He took out his wallet. He gave me the 20. I took it. And then I gave it back. I said, "You need to know, I didn't do this for the twenty. That was a def- another defining moment yeah. in my life, and something began to gel. Yeah. For lack of a better word,
0: I guess. Suddenly, you knew you knew something you didn't know before. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. And that put the whole thing." on a movement to the Volkswagen van, turned into a bus, which turned into 10 buses, which turned into 20 buses. And you drove one of those buses every weekend, didn't you? Yes, sir. And I still drive the bus here in Brooklyn, New York myself.
0: Because you're, you're not just picking up kids, Bill, you're picking up yourself. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, Every sir. week. Yes, sir. You That's have a heart why, for kids. And sometimes, and and that's why I've been looking forward to being with you, because you get this. Not everybody gets this, but there'll be sometimes, because our Sunday school here in New York is six days a week. So we're all over the city. My day is Saturday. And so you know those people that come and, and visit, you know, they want to they've seen me on something like this or read the books. So they ride the bus and every once in a while I just stop driving picking up the kids, and I just get outside the bus and I just stand on the sidewalk. They don't get it, but sometimes I just have to remember that of everything, all the places I've been, all over the world, all the stuff that I've seen, you know some of the stuff, I've been shot twice, you know, stabbed five times, got my ribs broken, walked away from three plane crashes, and the stories and everybody, yeah, that's great. But you know, and you said it, I've never forgot. This is why I do this. I'm picking up myself and I stand outside the bus and just look at it, I'm picking up me. Every week, I'm picking up me. Uh, That's why I go back to the corner every Christmas Eve. I sit there every Christmas Eve in that same place I sat for those three days. I sit there all night, pray for people, call people, wish them Merry Christmas. I've been criticized for it, mostly by Christians who say, Why do you do it? You're torturing yourself. No, I'm not torturing myself. You know why I do it. I never want to forget where I came from.
0: Well, you'll never know. You never know where you're going unless you know where you've been. And, and you've, you, you've been there. You know what every one of those kids has faced in their lives. Yes sir. that's why you have done it that's why you're still doing it and yes. I thank God for that bill who are the who are the people in your sphere that have had a great deal of impact on your life and have have helped you to do what you're doing now who has who who has encouraged you
1: oh man i I would like to say that it's this huge list but it isn't um, you No, know, it's usually just a, think-
0: just a handful usually.
1: Oh no, I I can do the I can do the handful. And I think and I'm not saying this because it's you, but the time that I've spent around your dad was huge. He was always your dad and mom were always very I showed you the picture that I have when I was with them at a conference. We were all speaking at in Hawaii. And I'll say this, and this sounds may sound weird, but I'm very quick to say it, whether it's to you personally or on the outside, you've always encouraged me. You always had me at the school every year. I would go to ORU to, to and I would speak and you would help You would help me at Christmas, yes. get the kids Christmas gifts. R.T. Kendall has been a yes. huge, a huge help yes. for me. We have him come here every year. He talks to the staff, Pastor Tommy Barnett, yes. of course. I worked with him for five years in Davenport, Iowa. A guy that just was a huge, huge influence in my life and has has stayed on course for souls it's about souls and uh so those for you your dad rt pastor tommy great great men that have had that just that edge enough and understood me enough and why i've done this for all these years in spite of the shootings the street fights and all that. But it's because of souls. I know that one person can make a difference. I am the result. I am the result of one ordinary Christian. Ordinary person that just saw the boy that nobody wanted.
0: But you didn't you didn't learn this. You didn't learn this in school. You learned this in the School of Hard Knocks. You learned by just starting out on your own. You just launched yes, out. You didn't know how to do it or what to do, but you said I'm gonna do it.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I've got you know, I've got an earned PhD from the University of Wales. I'm working on a medical degree now because I I delivered a baby in the parking lot of a truck stop in Amarillo, <laughs> Texas. And uh I didn't know what I was doing, but everybody lived. But after I delivered that baby, I thought I need to maybe learn a little bit more about the medical side of things. But yet you learn, the need is the call. And I've said that, and some people like to argue with me on that theologically, but the man that picked me up off the street, there was no bright lights, there was no audible voice, He had every reason not to stop, but I've told the staff this here in New York so often, big doors open on very small hinges. Mm -hmm. It's the little things that God puts in front of all of us almost every day. And if you're astute enough, if you're quick enough to see that need, and you can fill that need today, that moves you, it guides you, it navigates you to see things, because You know, you and I grew up in a time when everybody said, we pray that God will open the big door. Everybody wants a big door to open. I get it. But the big door will open when you see these little things that you can respond to, little things that you can deal with. And when you get that, those put you on that pathway do this? I didn't know I would be doing this. Of course not. Oh, how can you? You can't. The man that picked me up, he didn't know what I would do with my life. He didn't know what, what would be the end result. I brought him to New York once, years back. Uh, he's he's passed away now. But years past, I, I, I flew him here. I stood him on the street corner, right outside where I'm talking to you. I said, Dave... I said, I want you to look at all the buses, you know, 50 buses coming in and shifts and the thousands of kids that we deal with. I said, I want you to watch this, my friend. I said, because a long time ago, you didn't know. You didn't know what you put into motion, but here it is.
0: And that- How how far, Bill, how far is that street corner from where I'm talking to you today? Oh, two blocks. Two blocks. Two blocks, yep. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yep. What what have you learned today? And what do you know today that you wish you had known when you started this ministry all those many years ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, how honest do you want me to be here? Uh, I feel like I need to ask you. Just lay it, lay it out. Because this is your podcast.
0: Lay lay it out, Bill. (laughs) You're, listen, you're calling, you're coming from Brooklyn, New York. Lay it out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You
1: know, I thought that when I moved here, to Brooklyn 40 years ago to start this thing. I thought that I would get a lot more support Mm -hmm. from the church community. I thought that people would kind of get it. uh, And that wasn't the case. Um, I think as, as, as it evolved and some pastors saw the value, Some pastors understood missions, understood home missions, and saw the level of commitment. Because when I got shot in Syria two years ago, uh, I took one in the back from a Russian sniper. I had my bulletproof vest on, uh, but it was a 308 slug. And it just did a number on me, even with the vest. And uh, the Israelis came, put me in a chopper, took me to the hospital in Jerusalem, And this is the classic question. All these years later, the question's still the same. The girl, who was not a Christian, but she said, why does a Christian person like you keep doing what you do after all these years? Why is that? The existential question, right? Doesn't change. And I tried to tell her the same thing I've tried to tell people since I started doing this here in New York. I said, once you understand what Jesus has done for you, what's that old song that that we used to sing in the old days? They don't sing it anymore. He paid a debt he never owed. I owe a debt I can never pay. I'm a grateful man, a grateful man. I should have been dead. Years ago, all the diseases that I picked up in the jungle all over the world, all the, the shootouts, all this stuff. I got my throat cut in Yemen At last year. We were trying to get some food and medicine in there. You know the mess that place is in. and And, and they didn't understand. When I went here. Everybody said these kids in the ghetto in the inner city. Because remember, that was that was a long time ago in 1980. When I when I started this thing, nobody understood it. Everybody said these kids are hopeless. Yep. The cops said these kids are hopeless. You're wasting your time. School system constantly said these kids are hopeless. Teachers here get paid combat pay if they teach in certain neighborhoods. The, the school system, the cops, the churches said these kids are hopeless. Just doesn't make any sense. And I got so mad. I was in one meeting and I heard that hopeless thing again. And I stood up. I slammed my hand on the table. I said, these kids are not hopeless. I said, they just don't have any hope. Yeah. And I thought when I said it. That's, that's why I'm doing this. That's why we're here. That's why we we put up with misunderstandings, people questioning it. Why are you here? You're going to die here. You know, my first time I was shot was right here, down on the East River in Brooklyn. You know, blew out the side of my face. And I said, I, I was the one It seemed hopeless. I understand yeah. that. But trying to communicate that, To church folk, sometimes when it's a different paradigm, when something shifts, because everybody in those days thought, okay, you have to go, you have to pioneer a church Mm -hmm. and go, yeah, that's fine. But there's churches here. There's always been churches here, even if it's a little storefront church. But I thought, you know what, if we're going to change the direction of something, you've got to go for one generation and put all your eggs in that generation's basket and say, this is what we're going to do. And we're not leaving. We're not leaving. No matter how bad this gets, I'm not leaving. When I picked up our first Sunday school teacher who was gang raped on top of one of the buildings right down here on DeKalb Avenue in Brooklyn. Elevator was broken, I had to climb up 15 flights of stairs. She's ripped the pieces on the roof. I had to carry her down. We're both covered with blood. A Couple weeks later, we found one of our staff members dead in the gym behind the church. We closed down a drug house. And one of the drug dealers came at me with an ax. He couldn't kill me. So we got one of our guys instead. Then after that, I got hit with a brick. Well, guy blindsided me with a brick, hit me here, busted my cheekbone, broke three teeth out, and I was blind in this eye for three months. And you you know me. I've given my life for ministry. I've given my life for this thing. And now I'm blind in this eye. That's the closest I ever came to quitting. With all the disappointments, with all the people that said they were going to help, with all the folks that said they were going to support me, all the folks that said the checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah. All the, this is the closest man I've ever come. I bought the airline ticket. I was leaving. I'm not a quitter. You know me. I'm not a quitter, but I was, I was tired. I was just tired. I couldn't see. I'm still driving the bus going out every Sunday to preach, to try to raise the support. I still have to go. I drive the bus here in New York Saturday, get on the last flight, fly Buy somewhere, some and preach. preach my guts out Sunday, trying to get kids sponsored, trying to get support. I bought the ticket to leave JFK on a on a Sunday. I didn't even have guts enough to tell people I was leaving. That was the night before. And I I couldn't sleep. I knew my life was going to change. Couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. I had the alarm set for 6 a.m. I was leaving the next morning. I I, I remember looking at the clock. It's 3 a.m. that night. I guess I drifted off to sleep for a little bit. So the alarm goes off, 6 a.m. I'm gone, man. I got the ticket. You know, it's one thing to think about quitting. I got the ticket, man. I'm gone. Alarm goes off at 6. I leaned over. Turned off the alarm, I turned on the light, then I saw. My pillow was covered with blood and I could see fine out of both eyes. Somewhere, somewhere, and all of you better get this. Somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., God came. God came and healed me, healed me. My miracle came at a time when I thought I'm done. And I learned. I learned that sometimes God comes down to the last minute. The reason why most people never see their miracle is because they never stuck around long enough. They left before they gave God a chance to do what he said he would do.
0: Bill, as I have known you and loved you all these years and watched what you've done and seen how you've grown and See how you're up now at 250,000 children around the world in a number of different countries. I see the reason why this has happened. And it may seem so simple for me to say it, but sometimes the simple is the most profound. The reason why you're able to do what you have done is because you said one word: you said, Yes. Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir.
0: You said, you're right. Yes. Right. I'll do it. You never quit. No matter what came against you, you never quit. And you remind me of the apostle Paul, Paul never quit. He Same. never quit until God said it was over. And yes. that's a picture of you. And I honor you today and your life and your ministry and what you have done, what you are doing. And I know that you'll continue to do until you meet the Lord, because that's the way you are. You said my commitment,
1: yes. My commitment is stronger than my emotions. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what it takes. Yeah. When everything's thrown at you, you know this. When everybody said it's hopeless, when everybody says you can't do it, when everybody says this doesn't make sense, when the other folks say it's never been done before, my commitment has been stronger than my emotions. And I learned that when I got, when my eye was healed. (laughs) And I've stayed with it, with everything else. My whole life, Richard, has been preparation for where I am now. You know, Bill. I'm 72, I'm moving. We're going into these other countries. Doors are opening faster now than we can even walk through them. What do we do? We keep going, we keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, you're 72, you're, you're one month older than me. <laughs> yep, there you go, there you go. Bill, there are people watching today who have had something in their heart for kids for a long time, but they have been afraid to launch out. Yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted you to come on this podcast is because I wanted you to share what you've been through. Uh, because there are other people who have a desire and feel like they have a calling to do something for kids. Sure, sure. Maybe maybe not exactly like you're doing but in, a, in a way that God's leading them. Would you, you pray may. over them right now? And would you pray over you... anybody watching right now that, that really needs prayer? Yes, sir. Father, in
1: Jesus' name, God, I pray for all the folks that are watching today, listening today. Lord, I feel like there are some folks that we're talking to today that you put something in their hearts a long time ago when they were young but life has a way of moving us and things come up and life happens and, and maybe that 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 thing you put in their heart that desire that calling that thing that they sensed all those years ago has been dormant all these years god maybe right now maybe through this this simple podcast God, maybe you've refired something, that something has come to life in them. It's Lord, Let that fire burn again in them. Let that fire start again to let them see that they can be something. Lord, even in their older years, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, like we are here today, that, Lord, let that fire burn, and I pray for them right now. Let them know there's still a place for them. There's still something that can be done through them. Because there's still a little boy sitting on a corner somewhere. There's a little girl that's being sold. Right now, what we're talking here is a little girl being sold. And every one of us knows it. Is it nothing to all those that pass by? So, God, I'm praying for everybody that's watching and listening. Refire them, reignite what it was for, put in them years ago. Let something come that will happen. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer from the friends that are watching. I know the power that one ordinary Christian has. I am the end product of one person that just cared, and I'm grateful for it. I add my prayers. In Jesus'
0: name. I add my prayers to Bill's prayers right now. You are not too young and you're not too old. Listen, he's saying that. You're not too young and you're not too old to be obedient to the Lord in whatever arena of life that he's called you in. Maybe it's with kids, maybe it's with something else. But if it's coming from God, the word you need to say is the word that Bill Wilson said, and that is yes. yes. There's a lot of power in the word yes. And I pray over you right now. I pray that whatever that calling is, you'll say yes. And I promise you, I promise you, according to the word of God, if you say yes, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He made a way for a 12-year-old kid on the street corner left by his mama for three days. And if he can do that for Bill, he can do anything. Because yes, there's nothing yes, too hard for him. And I pray over you today. I pray for healing in your body. I rebuke every sickness, every disease, every fear, every doubt. I come against anything and everything that's come against you. I bind that in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus. himself Jesus. said, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. So I bind Satan's power off your life and I loose the power of God in your life. And Bill, Jesus. I add my prayers on top of that for you, my dear friend. I pray over you as this ministry, Metro World Child, continues to grow and and reach more and more and more and more and more kids around the world. I pray for that anointing to stay strong on you and for you to finish your course with joy in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I pray this and I believe it and I expect a miracle. Amen and amen. Praise God. Bill, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, honor you and uh, if you are if you are touched in your heart as I am today and you want to support uh, Bill's ministry Metro uh, world child in Brooklyn New York you go online and find it Do you know can you give us the website bill metroworldchild.org metroworldchild.org you'd like yes, to you like to sow into the life of child you know when nobody stands as tall as when they bend down to help a child. And I thank God for that. Jesus said, suffer the little children, forbid them not unto come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He's touching the kingdom of heaven. And you can be a part of this ministry and sow your seed into it to help him bless children around the world. And you'll have a part in it. Praise God. God bless you, Bill. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you for joining us today on Expect a Miracle Podcast. See you next time with another fantastic guest. God bless. Today, you can get a free download of Richard's booklet, Overcoming Fear with Faith. It is possible to overcome worry and live above the fear. Go to oralroberts.com slash bookstore to download your free PDF copy. Thank you for listening to Expect a Miracle. To support this podcast and other outreaches of this ministry, go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you according to God's Word in Luke 6.38.